welcome to the very first episode of the Chronic Spoonful Podcast, where we'll be talking about real life with chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real-life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We're hoping this will be a place to go for updated info for spoonies, where you'll find humor, because <laughs> we're a little crazy, important information, and community. At the top of each episode, we're going to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we're not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not doctors, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. So with that disclaimer being said, let's talk about the two of us hosting this fabulous program. So I'm Kelly. I was recently diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, possibly POTS, and possibly mast cell activation syndrome. Um, any snoring, any digging you hear in the background, because obviously we're doing this podcast from our homes, um, are our mascots. That would be Finny or Callie. Um, they will gladly entertain you from time to time with some very interesting sounds, um, but they are also my big supports during this time with chronic illness. Um, and I'll be taking you through my adventures in navigating the chronic illness community because I'm still fairly new to it from the patient side. Um, and I'm really excited to do this podcast because I think it's something that we don't talk about enough with invisible illnesses. I think we need to get out there and talk more about what this what this community is doing, the research in this community, um, how people are treated, what we need. And, you know, I'm really excited to bring this community to life for people to hear about. And I'm going to turn it over to Nicole to have her introduce herself. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Nicole, and I live right outside Chicago. I was diagnosed with lupus 18 years ago, and in later shows, we'll be talking more about ups and downs and doctors and treatments and all kinds of things, um, but that's just a little intro into my world. Kicking it back to you, Kel. All right. So one of the things we're going to want to talk about a little bit in each week is we'll have this segment where we talk about what's going on in the news. It's going to, you know, things that will impact the Spoonie community, but, you know, keeping it updated, keeping, keeping us talking about, you know, important legislation or important things that are happening in our communities. And obviously one of the biggest things that's happening right now is COVID. Mm -hmm. Nobody can avoid it. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. Um, but, you know, the FDA just cleared the Johnson & Johnson vaccine for emergency use. So now we're getting a third vaccine. Um, for people that can use it, it's, it's kind of exciting that it's, you know, at least 85% effective against the most severe symptoms of the virus. It's 100% effective against dying from it, which is you know, good. Absolutely. Really good. Um, but, you know, I think that makes people a little less fearful from getting it, you know, from getting the vaccine, I mean. Um, I don't know, Nicole, I think there's some concerns from your end, though, about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because you have an autoimmune disease. Yeah, and I was, uh, my mom and I were hearing that 
something about the live virus portion of the vaccine and that people with autoimmune conditions should not, or that should talk to their doctors before getting this, because I guess it is not cleared for people with certain diseases. So um, it's nice that we are going to have three to pick from though, you know, and always talk to your doctor before you get the vaccine to make sure your doctor is on board with what vaccine you've picked. And that's what I think is, is going to be nice is that, you know, when, the more vaccines we have, the more options we have, because maybe that saves a vaccine that, you know, maybe then the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine could be used on someone that can't get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So, I mean, look, we, ha- we have to go through this. We, we need a better rollout. We need to be more organized. But hopefully, the more vaccines we get, the better things can be and you know, we can slowly start opening things back up, but, you know, we're not looking at anything happening for a little while anyway. Um, I also wanted to bring up, you know, the Lupus Advocacy Summit is next week and kicks off um, on Monday, March 1st. And if anyone wants to sign up, you can sign up at lupus.org. You won't be able to lobby and do the lobby portion, but they've got some really great sessions. Um, I'm I'm definitely signed up. Uh, Nicole, you signed up too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I I mean, I don't have lupus, but you don't have to have lupus to sign up. I think they're, you know, they're going to be lobbying on a lot of things that aren't just lupus related. So it's, it's really exciting. And um, the last day of February is rare disease awareness day. Um, which kind of brings us into what we want to talk about today. And I think that this is, it just kind of all relates, you know, it's, it's, it's makes us happy that we have a day that like raises awareness about all of our chronic illnesses and, you know, being spoonies and that we have a rare disease awareness day, but it's kind of sad that we have to have one because our diseases are so invisible you know, and, and, you know, we wanted to talk today about chronic illness isolation, and how we feel so isolated. And, and, you know, why we feel isolated, what makes us feel isolated. Um, And, you know, Nicole, you've had, you've had chronic illness for a lot longer than I have. So I, I think, you know, you can speak a little bit more to why we feel this isolation in times you've felt isolated. I think it's really hard because people truly don't understand what it's like going through something serious, but it doesn't look like you're going through something serious. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have amazing friends and people that I can lean on and that are very supportive, but a lot of the community does not. And they feel very alone and it's scary. It's scary not to know what's going to happen next. That's very isolating in itself it's, I, you know, I can't go out in the sun for very long. I can't go, you know, to the beach during the day. I have to wait till nighttime. So I don't get to go a lot of the places that my friends go to. I have to, you know, they still ask, which I appreciate, but, you know, just feeling like, wow, I get to sit home basically most of the time for the rest of my life because I'm so fatigued or sunsick or something, you know, it's, it's just rough. And I and I think it it is rough, and I think people are kind of getting a taste of that with COVID right now. Um, you know, we're looking at a, a third of chronically ill patients have depression, and right now those numbers are also being reflected with everyday people. 
you know, people are there, there's really high rates of depression and anxiety amongst, amongst a lot of people, especially people of color, you're looking at rates in the 40 percentiles, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation, with anxiety and depression, but they're, they're kind of getting that taste of isolation because they can't go anywhere. Um, but ours doesn't go away. Our isolation doesn't disappear. When, when we have all the vaccinations, when, 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 you know, when people can finally start visiting each other again, it doesn't change for us at all. So I, I think, you know, yeah, they got a taste of it, but will they remember it? Will they remember that isolation? Will they remember what it feels like? And the thing is right now, everybody's in it together. So everybody feels it. That's very um, true. When, when we were, when with us, like we felt like we were going through it alone. You know, sorry, I can't go to Disneyland today because I can't walk through the park or it's 92 degrees. I can't stand in line because I'm heat sensitive. Not even just sun sensitive. I'm heat sensitive. As soon as I get overheated, it's I'm done. Um, or, you know, because I have pots, I can't stand up for that long. Like, Ooh, sorry. The world is spinning. I'm about to hit the ground. Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then we spend most of our life too, going to doctor's appointments and, mm-hmm. you know, we get new illnesses because a lot of the time somebody with certain illnesses always gets a secondary condition. So, you know, I have like three or four chronic conditions going on right now. And Mm -hmm. I feel like literally the only place I go is to the doctor or to the hospital for lab work. And it's just, you know, that's a normal part of our life though, but it's, it is isolating. It's terrifying too. Also, you know, and someone says, Hey, what'd you do this week? And you're like, uh, well, I went to four doctors and exactly. (laughs) how do I tell you how exciting my life is that I had blood drawn in four different labs? Thanks. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> your doctors become your buddies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like people, people don't understand that, that you're like, Oh, I had this great conversation with my nurse. Um, they're like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> <Get true. it. laughs> you know how many kids they have, how many times they've been married, <laughs> you know, everything. Or you get excited that, you know, you found this, this new um, bandage on, um, you know, Amazon that, or you're like, oh, cool. I found this new body pillow and it's amazing. (laughs) So true. (laughs) And someone's like, what? Yeah. And you have to laugh because if you don't, you spend your entire time crying, you know, because your outlook sometimes is very bleak. Yeah. And that's, that's the other side, but the, you know, part of the isolation is people forgetting to invite you because after a while, you know, you said no so many times, they just think you're going to continue to say no. So they don't even bother to invite you. And that I think becomes another part of isolation is um, feeling left out uh, because you think people are purposely leaving you out um, or don't want to hang out with you anymore. And I, I don't think that that's the case. I just think they think you're just always going to say no um, that's a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that you, it's up to us to have those conversations. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it's so important to, you know, to have the conversations so people that are not sick and that are in our life can maybe understand more of what we're going through or why we can't do certain things. And they know that we do want to spend time with them. We just can't at times. And that's really important to discuss. I have one of my good friends comes over every single week and will sit in the garage with me. Oh, you know, we're six feet apart with the garage cracked and our masks on, but you know, like clockwork always comes to make sure that I know I'm not alone in this. And I appreciate that so much. Yeah. I mean, it's when the people that check in are the most precious people you have, but not everyone's going to know that it's important to you to check in. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's important that we have those conver- that we initiate those conversations and not everyone can read your mind. And I think if there's someone important to you that you feel you want to continue that contact with, you feel you don't want to lose that touch with, I think it's important that you have the conversation to say, please keep inviting me, please keep asking. So like, I can't do it this time. This is happening, but please make sure to invite me next time. Um, I may be okay next time. Absolutely. Um, Have the conversations because a lot of people don't understand that chronic illness isn't an everyday thing. I mean, it's an everyday thing. We know that, but the symptoms aren't the same every day. There are, there are good days. There are bad days. And, I and they can the change days. minute to minute. Yeah. yeah. And they can. You can be out. You could have had a great morning. You could be out. And all of a sudden you're somewhere and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Nope. Not at all. Oh, my gosh. I have to, I have to go home. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for people to understand because, you know, some people have said to me, but you were just fine five minutes ago. And how do you explain a disease process that changes by the minute. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to comprehend, let alone somebody who maybe has no experience with it. I mean, I've, I've had it. I was at a bachelorette party and we went, we were in Vegas and I went to a restaurant, really great restaurant, ate some great food. Um, this is long before my diagnosis. I had, I mean, looking back now, I know what it was. And I, all of a sudden we were about ready to go out to some club and I was like, mm, I have to go back to the hotel room now. That's now. exactly how it works. Yep. yep. And your like, body, what? wait. <laughs> yeah. My body was like, nope, nope, you're, you're not. And I went back to the hotel room and um, I'll just say the bathroom is my friend for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then I couldn't go anywhere. I just couldn't like my body just shut down. And it's mm-hmm. the scariest feeling because it completely takes control over everything. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing yeah. we get to do. You know, there's no magic medicine that makes that kind of a flare situation go away. I no, mean, and you know, so we totally thought I got food poisoning, by the oh, way. Wow. Well, th- because this was so long, this like we we didn't know at the time I had any, you know, illness like Again, it took a long time to get diagnosed because everything was so few and far between and and no doctor was talking to another doctor. And this was, I was still younger and I had a lot more energy and whatnot. So these attacks were like over here and over there. So we just equated it with food poisoning. Oh, you know, I must've had food poisoning and never eating at that restaurant again. 
that's what it seems like. I mean, yeah. these symptoms mimic things like food poisoning or a cold, you know, like right. the, when people ask me, well, what does it feel like? I'm like, it feels like I have the flu every day. Well, we talked about it a little bit earlier, you know, we were messaging each other and you said it feels like I got hit by a bus. I'm like, it's not just like you got hit by a bus. It's like you got hit by a bus and then the bus, we were talking about fatigue. And it's like you got hit by a bus and then the bus sat on top of you. Exactly. It's horrible feeling. It's different yeah. than being tired because when you're tired, you can push through it normally and you can mm -hmm. carry on with your day. When you are fatigued, your body says, nope, and you are mm -hmm. done. You either lay down or you will fall down. Yes. Yes. And, and so that's really hard for people to understand. And I think that starts to isolate you from people because they think you can push through. They think you can just push through the day. You can just push through this event. You can just push through this concert. You can just push through this, this beach day. You can just, you know, just keep pushing, just keep pushing. And what they don't understand is that your body can't push through. And if you even try to push through, you will make yourself extremely ill. So that, that just, and it isolates you more because now you've become the center of attention that you don't want to be. Yes. And then it becomes about you. And then people, then the resentment starts to come and, you know, well, it's always about you. It's always about what we have to do for you. Um, and then, so that starts to become isolating because then people start to resent it. And then that, that isolation starts to happen too. So like, I, I truly believe conversations are really, really important and the right friendships are important. Absolutely. It can make a, a world of difference, the people and, you have in your life. And, and that's the other side. It's if, if people aren't going to make the effort to understand, are they really worth having in your life? Because all they do is cause you stress. Absolutely. But it hurts just, even though you know that there's people you just need to let go of, it hurts the same. You know, oh, it's I like, know. wow, here's another loss to my disease. You know, it's yeah. taken so much from me already, and now it's taken friendships. Well, I look at it two ways, though. It's loss of friendship, but were they really a friend if they couldn't handle the hardships? That's a good point. Are they really a friend? Because the kind of in sickness and in health, a friend should be able to be there with you through a hardship. Absolutely. So if they can't be there with you because you, you can't go out this time or you can't do that or they resent you for your illness that you can't control, are they really a friend? No. So I don't know if it's the, like, it's going to hurt and I'm not dismissing the hurt and I'm not dismissing the pain because you've invested yourself into this person. But at the same time, it frees you up to find people who do understand and it frees you up to find people to, to embrace the people in your life that are going to be there for you. And it opens up more room for that. And I, I think I look at it in probably more of a Pollyanna-esque way, but I don't, in the, in the long term, I don't know if cutting those type of people out of my life has been the worst thing in the world. No, it's definitely not been the worst thing. I think it's just the, you get overwhelmed with how you feel when you're mm -hmm. sick. And it's like, you know, this disease has it's really affected me in so many areas. And even yeah. though it's not a bad loss necessarily, it's still a loss, you know? So you yeah. still grieve that loss and it's, it's really rough. It's hard to deal with yeah. this. I mean, it, yeah, it is still a sense of grief and it is still a sense of loss. Um, but I think then you, we need to find ways to fill those, those parts of ourselves and fulfill those parts of ourselves. And that's why I think, you know, 
one of the things we talked about is finding a sense of community. Where do you find that sense of community when you're feeling so isolated? How do you, how do you fill those spots? How do you, how do you embrace loss? Like, Mm -hmm. or like take that loss and make it not so big. Yeah. Or or take that isolation and shrink it a little bit um, with a sense of community. And where do you find that community? I think that's more of what I'm trying to say. That's very true. I think support groups are very important. And it's great that you can go to Facebook and have a private, you know, Facebook group on your specific illness, or there's ones I'm in that are just for chronically ill people in general. But there has been so many friendships that I've got to make. And they're wonderful people. I mean, we get each other, we understand the bad days. And that's been important. There's also in person, you know, support groups, obviously not right now, but, you know, later on when they open back up, but it really does make a difference when you connect with people, you know, that understand your pain. Right. You know, like today I was talking about, I I was driving past a bowling alley and I'm like, oh, I miss bowling. And then I realized, wait, all my pain is in my arms. I can't go bowling. Yeah. That's not happening. Uh -uh. (laughs) Nope. Not happening anytime soon, not happening anywhere. No, no, no. And I'm like, oh man, I miss bowling. And yeah. And I don't know. It just was one of those losses, but I'm like, I'm like, but what can I fill that loss with? And yeah, it's just communities I've found of people that have found other things to do that, you know, I found craft groups and I've found, you know, these groups online of people with, with chronic illness that are like, Oh, I do this. I do this instead. I do this activity. I find this way to fulfill my life. And I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, and having those conversations has just been very different. We're finding people that understand the symptoms. Like, Oh, I thought that was just me that like walked into walls. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And you find like 10 other people who do the same thing. And it's, yeah. it's actually like, comforting. Oh, <laughs> cool. I mean, not cool that I walk into walls, but I'm glad I'm not the only person that, you know, can't tell where the walls are in my own house. Um, exactly. Yeah. Just the, the, or trip over my own feet, all that stuff. I think I walked into four cars today in the parking lot. Oh my so, gosh. That's awful. Yeah. I don't ever know where my own body is. It's, I, I avoid very expensive stores for that reason. Um, <laughs> That's a smart plan. <laughs> try, I try. Uh, but, you know, it's like finding other people that have some of the same symptoms makes it, makes you feel much more comfortable. So yeah, I agree. Facebook is a great place for that. You know, Instagram is a great place yeah. for that. Um, Cause you kind of see that you're not alone. Absolutely. It can feel very alone when you're around all these healthy people that are out playing beach volleyball or, you know, I have a friend that climbs, does rock climbing all the time. Won't ever be doing that with him. Um, His girlfriend and I are like, see ya, we're going to go shopping now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's air conditioning in the stores. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Although stores, stores actually trigger me really badly with the overhead lighting and I tend to get really sick in stores. Yes. If they're not using the proper lighting, it's awful. So bad. Um, I don't know why, but I love to shop anyway. So I, um, I have ways that I deal with it. I've worked that out since I was little. 
And because uh, I love shopping too much to ever <laughs> give too. it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, COVID has taken away my shopping and it's very bothersome. But it has not taken Amazon away from us. <laughs> it's not the same. I know it's not, but we still have that. <laughs> I have to try on shoes. True. And I have not been able to buy shoes because uh, just so you guys know, I wear child size shoes. Um, You've got little munchkin feet. They're so cute. I have a munchkin feet. So it's very important. And I haven't been able to buy a new pair of shoes in a long time. And it's very bothersome to me. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. But in any case, we're getting off topic of isolation. Well, we actually, do do part this. of isolation, I feel very isolated because I, I cannot buy a pair of shoes. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, in any case, you know, I'm not like you watch these people and they're able to do all these, these things. And it can you just it's not even that like you can't see friends or you can't see family because you're tired. It's also the things you can't do that feels isolating. Absolutely. Like, I can't go on a roller coaster. Mm-mm. That would kill all. me. I can't either. But my friends can. So, like, I go to Disneyland with them, and I go find other things to do while they're on a roller coaster. And now, does that feel isolating? In a way, yes, because they have fun on the roller coaster. They take their picture, and it's like, okay, cool. You guys got your picture together on the roller coaster. Awesome. Um, but at the same time, it's also my peace from them. I don't feel like I have to entertain them. I can have my couple of minutes of rest. I can sit. Um, it's my, you know, respite from kind of the noise and the chaos of like having to entertain other people. So it's a, it's a two-way street on that too. But like, it does feel kind of isolating that I can't have that experience with them in that yeah. moment. Um, but I try to find some positives in it too. And I think that's the mindset you have to have also. Um, Absolutely. And it's hard. And I'm not saying that that's easy. So when I talk about having a positive mindset, I'm not saying that it's the easiest thing to do. It no. takes it takes so much effort sometimes to to find the positive. It does. And we're not always going to have positive days. Some days are going to be days of just you know, grieving or you just really feel so bad that you just want to sleep and you don't want to move, you know, so things change, but you're right. Having a positive outlook and having, that's why it's so important to have community because sometimes you can't do it for yourself Mm -hmm. and you need others to come alongside you and say, Hey, you know what? I've got you. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. And we love you. And, and yeah. And that's why those Facebook groups, um, are, are just a, they're a godsend sometimes because you can't move. So being able to just grab your phone and get on a Facebook group because you can't physically go to anything. You can't physically go anywhere. It takes just that little bit of energy to get on a Facebook group. It's that's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. And, you know, I, I grew up in an era where we didn't have computers. We didn't have all that stuff. It's such a blessing right now to have, this ability to connect to people that way but you're right there are days when you just you want to cry I say want to cry because the days when I'm that bad crying isn't an option no it hurts it hurts to cry (laughs) it does you don't even have the energy to cry anymore that's right um but yeah it's you you do you feel alone you feel like no one understands because you're you know 
your, your friends are like, why your family's coming in and saying, well, why aren't you moving? Can, can you vacuum today? Can you, can you click, can you cook this? Can, you know, uh-huh. mom, mom, can you do this? Can, can you walk the dog? Can you, you know, I need a sandwich. Yep. Um, and you just can't move. No. Like it, you can't even lift your, like you can't lift your head off the pillow. No. Um, and so you feel just, you feel the pressures, you feel the guilt, you feel awful. You like, and then you're dealing with like, you can't move your body and trying to find the positive in that day is so hard, but having, having people who understand that, that's where your positive is. Definitely. And it's, that's where your positive is. But when you have a good day, when you have, or or you, the days you can move, you, you have to try to find the good. You have to try because if all we ever do is look at the negative in our days, we're going to spiral down. Absolutely. It's so important to try to find something that brightens your day or makes you feel comforted. Mm-hmm. Or makes you, you feel go, connected. Yeah, because you can go in that downward spiral real quick and not come back from it. Well, there's it's so overwhelming. It's it so is. overwhelming with chronic illness. You're, you're not only just dealing with your symptoms, you're dealing with organizing your life and your life is turned upside down completely with chronic illness. So like trying to find like a little bit of light and a little bit of connection to people who understand you is not just people who are like, Oh, I'm so sorry you feel this way. But people are like, Oh yeah, I was like that last week. And this is what my life was like. The people who really get you is, is so important. So yeah, I think those type of connections are, are priceless. Just priceless they truly are they truly are yeah i i mean and we we have that in each other which is we do which is great and and you know in in some of our other friends which is which is so amazing um you know and we're we've started up our facebook page we started up our facebook group so you know if anyone wants to you know go to our facebook group uh we're glad to help you through those connections and i think you know, we, we will definitely be that positive for you. Um, you build up that community there, try to, try to stay positive, but, and try to stay connected. Yes. And encourage each other. Yeah. Isolation, isolation for people is a real issue. Yeah. Anytime anyone has an illness. So, and we have invisible illnesses. People are going to tell us you look okay. Yeah. You look fine. Are you really that sick? I mean, does yeah. it really hurt that bad? Because you, you put on makeup, you know, right. you took a or shower like you, today. Or you're parking in handicapped parking and you're walking in a store and someone's like, Ugh. You're one of those people. You're one of those people. Yeah. And they don't understand that, like, you're tachycardic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, sorry, you know, my heart could give out any second. Thanks. Yeah. I I didn't want to park, you know, like 10 feet away or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like by the time I get to the store, I can't breathe. Yeah, exactly. So you've walked from your car to the store, but it didn't do you any good because now you can't go in the store because you're too tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or you get to the store and there's no scooters left, so you can't scoot around the store. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, you're only going to make it so long. You've got like 15 minutes at best, you know, Mm -hmm. on a bad day and a bad day, you wouldn't be there, but on like a moderate day and you know, okay, what do I need to hit first? Where do I need to go? What do I really, really need? Cause this shopping trip is going to be quick. Yep. I got to grab these five things and that's it. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I always worry I don't want to fall out in the store, you know, because I'm so tired and I push myself so much that day. So yeah. it just, you've got to, you're constantly watching what your needs are for the day or the moment. Or like, you're really hoping it's not going to be one of those days where there's flickering lights. Absolutely. Or like that the store is too hot. Or yeah, it's like, sorry guys, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. People don't understand because they're looking at your outward appearance. Mm -hmm. They don't see you have an illness. It's not like, you know, it's not like the severe cancer patients that have had chemotherapy where they're bald. Mm-hmm. By the way, cancer patients get it too. Oh yeah, because they don't look—they don't always look sick. Nope, but they're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know plenty of cancer patients that don't look like they have cancer at all. Me too. Yeah, and you know, we we just have to deal like we we just have to deal with so much. So that you just end up feeling so so alone. And again, community, it's all about building a community for yourself, a community of friends who under like a friends who try to understand, try to get you research your illness, you know, ask you about your illness. Tell me about, you know, what's going on with you. Make sure that they stay connected, make sure they're checking on you and people who understand what you're going through that community that has chronic illness, the community that, you know, gets your symptoms because they have your symptoms. Yep. They've experienced them. I mean, those are the two things that like really help combat that isolation. And then I think the third for me has just been therapy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a godsend. It really is. Yeah. Just the ability to sit there and just spew everything that's going on. And, and then have the conversation of like, and, and, and then have my therapist tell me, you know, these are things to work on. Mm-hmm. These are things, these are tools you can use. These are things you need to work on. These are the different things. Just the therapy has just been amazing. It's wonderful. It really helps you focus on really what's important. You know, sometimes I think when you're sick for so long, you know, like your mind, there's so much going through your mind constantly that you're like, what am I, what am I supposed to think? Or what am I really thinking? And, you know, to go into therapy and say, Hey, this is where I'm at. You know, I, I need to know, am I thinking clearly with the situation or right. you know anything like, am I just viewing it through the lens of chronic illness or, you know, how can I broaden my view on what I'm, you know, what I'm feeling and, and you can it. do therapy online. Mm-hmm. That totally sure works. Can. That's what we do. So we have virtual therapy, but I mean, it makes you feel a little less isolated too, to like get some of it all off your chest. Yes. Because I think part of the reason we feel isolated is we don't feel we can talk about what we're going through. Right. We don't want to be a burden. Yeah. We don't want to feel like a burden. Yeah. So being able to just have that person that isn't involved, they're not involved in the aspects of your life. They're your therapist. Mm Mm-hmm. So they, they, you know, they're not hanging out with your friends. Mm-mm. They're not in your, they're not in the, you know, fibro group, BDS group, lupus group. They're not mm-hmm. in any of those groups we participate in. They're just a therapist. And I, I don't mean just a therapist, but they're, you know, they're completely external. And mm-hmm. it's amazing what that can do to like ease some of that isolation. Very true. Very, very true. Because they also deal with the anxiety of isolation and, and isolation is 
anxiety producing. It is because all these thoughts go around in your head constantly. You know, am I going to have enough money for this? Or, you know, am mm-hmm. I going to, I have all these medical bills, you know, piling up and, you know, with these co-pays, am I going to be able to afford this? Is it going to change? You just have all, am I going to be sicker tomorrow? You know, mm-hmm. how am I going to feel? Am I going to get up in the middle of the night and throw up or whatever? I mean, you have these right. things running through your mind constantly and that's very anxiety producing. Yeah. And they may not be thoughts you want to share with a group of people. Exactly. Because like, you know, you may not sh- want to share that you have a $5,000 medical bill. Right. Um, Cause you don't want people to pity you either. Yeah. But who cares? It's your therapist. Exactly. That's when you dump it all on your therapist, That's dump right. it all on your therapist. Absolutely. You dump it all on here. Let me word vomit everything in my life. Um, yeah. That's what a therapist is there for. Yeah. They're, they're there to listen and then they're there to help. So I think that that helps a little bit with isolation too. So I think those three things can be really amazing to help combat isolation. So those would be my suggestions. Get in some Facebook groups. Like I say, we've got a Facebook group. If, if people are interested, we're there to help. You know, the chronic, you can look up the chronic spoonful on Facebook. You can find it through our website, the chronic spoonful.com, you know, join. I mean, I'm in like, six or seven different groups. Nicole, I don't know how many you're part of. <laughs> Probably like 50. <laughs> I think I'm addicted to like actually just joining groups. <laughs> oh, there you go. Maybe not as many as Nicole. Um, <laughs> I overwhelm myself. <laughs> I shouldn't say that though, because like I'm also part of a bunch of craft groups and like book groups too, which yeah, are me too. communities. So I do a lot of different communities for different things. Um, it's which is really good. You got to mix it up because you don't want to just talk about sickness every day. It's just right. too much. Right. And that's, that's the other side. Like if all I did was talk about how sick I was, I think that would just depress me. I, I like to talk about some other things. Absolutely. And um, so, yeah, I'm part of like definitely some of my, I do stalk my favorite authors. So I'm part of some of their fan groups. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, I, so I'm part of those and I craft like crazy. So I'm part of that. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, and because like, you know, I can't be as active as I was being part of those groups. People are really supportive. And what's funny is especially in like the book and craft groups, I actually have found that some of the people in those groups also have chronic illness. So what's really interesting is that you make connections that way too, Absolutely. Uh, you find, you find your people, you find you your people in, in, in interesting ways. And I've found that really, you know, joining these groups you, or, and then you go to the chronic illness groups and you find the people that also craft, or you find the people that are also into books. Yes. So you, you find your connections in, in some interesting ways. And I, I just think the more you try to participate the less isolated you feel. And it's really hard because I'm a super introvert. Yeah, where I'm an extrovert. So it's a little bit easier to, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. You just love to talk to people, <laughs> whatever. I'm not. I'm totally introvert. So like I will join a group and it'll take me like three months before I engage in conversation. Because, and by then I know all the members of the group that are the talkers and I know who they are and what their illnesses are, what they do and what, they say and everything about them and they know nothing about me because I haven't participated whatsoever um, before I even engage in conversation because that's how introverted I am. But eventually I start talking and I've made some really great connections and some 
you know, interesting Facebook friends that way. Definitely. Around the world. Yeah, which is really, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, to meet people that live. I had a real good friend that I met through one of my lupus groups. She passed um, of lupus about nine, 10 years ago. But we met and we we hit it off instantly. You know, I mean, we just knew we were supposed to be friends. And she lived in Australia. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. And she wanted me to come visit and everything. And she sadly passed away before that could happen. But um, it was such a great experience. I mean, to meet her, you know, on so far away and learn about her life. It's amazing. I, I, I think that's fantastic. I mean, look, you shouldn't spend your entire life on Facebook. So don't get us wrong. Like yeah. these are, these are great connections. This is a great place to be in, especially for people who, you know, where we can't get around as much, we can't go out and be social. And right now we definitely can't be overly social, No, but these are great ways to make connections But at the same time, like, don't neglect your real, your, not your, I don't want to call them real friendships because you can make real friendships on Facebook, but like your regular friendships yeah, to be friends with all these people on Facebook. Right. Like take, take care of both. Yes. Um, but this is just give your ways, open yourself up to new ways to make connections. And, and that's kind of what we're saying here. Absolutely. Don't, don't be too afraid of it. Also though, be careful. Yes. That's the other side of it. If you're going to make Facebook connections, don't be giving out your personal information. Mm-hmm. Don't be telling everyone where you live or cause you also want to be careful of like catfishing and, and you know, people who aren't good people. That, and that does happen. You know, they prey you know, on sick people because they know that maybe we're in a more difficult place. Right. Don't give know. anyone money. Don't give no. anyone your personal information, social security number, credit card numbers. Mm-mm. Like if people are asking for that stuff, they're not legit. Let's cut them really off there. Yeah. Done. Done. They're yeah. praying on you. Absolutely. Um, just be careful. But most of the people in these groups are real. And a yeah. lot of the admins are very, very on top of the crazies that they really members. are. Definitely. I just want to put that warning out there because they're just are people that prey on other people. And they're they're horrible and deserve bad things to happen to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Bad karma, people. Yes, we don't want to be on the opposite mm-hmm. side of it. <laughs> I don't want to be on the receiving side of bad karma. <laughs> Sometimes I'd like to be karma so I could like take care of some of these people. But... Oh yeah, I'd like to drive the karma bus. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be kind of a cool job. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I drive the karma bus. <laughs> Be nice that, would, to me. that would be awesome. Like we'd think of like a little outfit that would go with that and everything, you know, mm. a special hat. <laughs> Mine would have a unicorn horn on it so I could stab you with it. <laughs> that is epic. <laughs> I would probably have like little things sticking out everywhere. Like my mini needles or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and hug people like a porcupine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm here from Karma Village. <laughs> oh, Awesome. Awesome. See, don't get on the bed. Like seriously, like just be on the right side of karma. That's right. <laughs> be kind. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. So isolation, I think the takeaways from today are, yes, we feel isolated sometimes. And especially in these COVID times, because we have like double the isolation. Um, we really is, you know, we can't really go many places now. Like not only were we isolated before, but now we're really isolated, but that, you know, we need to find ways to connect to people. So utilize what we have, utilize the technology we have, Facebook, 
even Instagram, TikTok. Mm -hmm. TikTok, you can sit in your bed and make your own little TikTok dance videos with your fingers. Oh my gosh. I am so addicted to TikTok right now. It's like ridiculous. Nicole is addicted to TikTok. I have oh not explored God. TikTok, but now I'm actually thinking of doing like chronic illness dance videos with my fingers. I think that could go I viral. I think that would be awesome. Let's do that. Yeah. That would you be know, fun. they have those TikTok dance videos, but like really... No. It is ridiculous. They have the funniest videos. And I'm on there and I'm like, oh my God, it's been three hours. Guys, and this she, is my friend Jennifer's fault. So let's blame her. <laughs> we're going to blame her for Nicole sending me about 20 TikTok videos a day. I do. I'm so sorry. And she does. She she sends me so many TikTok videos and she's addicted to certain videos. And it's crazy. Um, I'm going to send you 20 more in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> she is too. We're going to finish this and I'm, I'm all of a sudden going to get a flood of TikTok videos. You are. <laughs> Just but remember, anyway, it's your fault. You did yourself. Find it. your community. Find your community. We yes. got back to this. There we go. <laughs> find your community online, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, whichever you want to go with WeChat. Twitter. Yep. Twitter. Oh, I'm a big Twitter person. Yeah, I'm we're on Twitter too. On Twitter. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, we are on Twitter. You yes, can we are. Us there. And Instagram. But, but our Facebook group is private. And you, yes. so that's what's kind of cool about it. And I, I really like that. That's the other thing. Like, if you're going to share your stuff, make sure that the group you're in, that you're sharing your stuff is a private group yeah. and, and is vetted by the admins. And ours is a private group vetted by us. So that's another thing I just want to make sure. Just, I'm a big privacy person. Me that's, too a big deal for me. So, and then find your group in person, you know, don't, yes, you can warn the people that aren't going to be supportive of you. And I think that that's so valid because I've warned relationships that I've lost since I can't be as social as I used to be. Also know that they weren't really going to be there for you anyway, when things got rough, whether you were sick or you went through a financial crisis or some, anything happened, like they weren't going to be the people you needed to turn to. Mm-hmm. So it's fine to warn them, but you're going to also find the people that are the real friends and they're mm-hmm. going to shine for you. Yes, they They're going to shine. You're going to find the real family and the real friends that are just going to be the ones that you're like, wow, you're amazing. They're going to be gold. Yes, they are. They're going to be golden. And, and I, you know, I've, I've found those and they aren't necessarily all the people I expected. It's always the way, right? That's yeah. always the way. It, it's sometimes it's shocking and you're like, wow, you weren't the person I expected to be by my side right now, but so okay, true. amazing. So true. Don't be afraid to ask for therapy. Don't be afraid to reach out and get help. If you yeah. need, you know, if you just want to have someone to talk to, or if you're really feeling like, you can't handle what's going on in your life. Don't be afraid to reach out. And if you, you know, we welcome all your emails. I mean, we have mm-hmm. Kelly, you can give the email address again. Please write in and ask us. We can hook you up with other people that can answer your questions and, you know, just be there for you. So feel free to definitely reach out to us. And our email is hello at the chronic I just love that. <laughs> well, it's very welcoming. Okay. So I think we're going to wrap up for today. Yeah. And we are so grateful that you guys are listening and we look forward to many more conversations about, well, chronic illness, being a Spoonie, 
and uh, talking to you guys and engaging with you guys more. Again, you know, visit us at thechronicspoonful.com. Visit us at our Facebook group, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Pinterest, mm-hmm. and we'll talk more soon. We have a lot of super cool topics coming up too. So yeah. make sure you come back. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.